everybody and welcome to episode 70, 70 of the Daft Souls podcast. So if you've got 70 on your bingo card, tick it off now. That's 69 episodes, like three or four games an episode. That's like hundreds of games. Mm. Hundreds and hundreds of games, although admittedly lots of them are just Dark Souls. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast and what have we got for you this week? Uh, we have Quentin Smith and Matt Lee's discussing video games. That's right. Although to get us in our peak performance for the podcast today, we've uh, used a technique called carb loading. Carbo loading. Carbo loading. Yeah. So you take you eat loads of, of carb based foods, and mm. it just increases your performance and stamina. So we've both eaten a not insubstantial slab of lasagna. We've basically both had two lunches worth of lasagna, and I certainly think it's going to. We're going to be energetic. It's going to completely revitalise the entire podcasting format. We're going to be positive. I'm going to have Sarah Koenig on the phone. I'm yeah. going to have everybody on the phone. I couldn't remember the name of the guy from This American Life. So already we're off to a great start. Mm. Let's talk about a game. Why don't I tell you what? Should we should, to keep us on form for this podcast? Should we make the boring buzzer? In like in action for the entire thing, yeah. And whenever yeah. either of us gets buzzed, we move on. For to those the next who are not game. familiar, the boring buzzer is uh, usually a, a tool that I have just to use uh, when Quinns is talking about something that I find boring. Mm. But in this unusual <laughs> circumstance, I will allow it to be used uh, against me as well. Are we allowed to protest the boring buzzer if we think we're not being boring? <sighs> I guess we'll find out. Okay, I guess we'll find out. Shall I start from the bottom of the list with the game on everyone's lips? Oh man, honestly. I could not give less of a fuck. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's see how long it I'll takes try, you to reach for I'll the buzzer. I'll try and abstain, because it's not fair, because I know lots of people do, but I don't. It's time for Street Fighter V. You know, it, I love Guile. I love the Guile theme. There was a petition recently to change Guile's theme to the US National Anthem that I saw. I think um, you mean the other way around. Um, but yes, you're right. Y- yeah, no, it would be weird if Guile comes on in Street Fighter Five and the US National <laughs> Anthem starts playing. <laughs> you know, I actually sat and listened to the, the theme, uh, the, 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 whole, US the, the US National Anthem. It's a weird song. Like, it's <laughs> what, a, what do they sing about? Loads of stuff. Like all of the things that I thought were just weird things, like when they talk about like oh the red, white, and blue and the stars. I know it's I know it's called the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. So obviously that's from that. But there's loads of like little American like almost American phrases you think oh that's an American thing they say like the land of the free and all these hmm. things it's all just lyrics from this song right? it's just it's just, it's ridiculous to listen to it properly for the first time now after all these years and it just seems like it's just a collection of slogans and catchphrases it's kind of like watching Rocky for the first time is what you're telling me whereby all the stuff that we find cheesy now you realise all originates from yeah. this one masterpiece that invented everything I don't know if it was a masterpiece though it's alright I mean it goes on for a long time <laughs> yeah I mean national anthems are, are want to do that you don't want a short one that, that's, that's, that, that sort of spell it is weird, I suppose, if you think about it, because pop music always goes in that fashion, so it'll be in fashion to have songs that are like two minutes long, and then it'll be in fashion to have songs that are like seven minutes long. So if all of these national anthems had come in an era when it was like cool to have snappy things, then they could have almost been like jingles. You know like what's cool and snappy is uh, is a fight in Street Fighter Yeah, Street Fighter 5. Talk about Street Fighter 5. I'll do my best with you derailing me like some kind of robber baron. Um, Street Fighter 5, it's great. Man, it's Street Fighter 4, but sort of really neat and accessible. And I see, I Is feel it like. Though? Yes. Is it accessible? I- I mean, I'll try and give this to you. Okay, I'll try and sell you on something that is interesting about it, which is I've never played a fighting game before where you load it up and the interface is just like Dota or something. It just, it is so built from the ground up to be a life-defining eSport. And that is so exciting to me because with Street Fighter 4, I knew I could get good at it. I knew the community was there. I knew maybe. Right. Maybe, Matt, I could become a Street Fighter. So what happens when you boot up 5? Well, I mean, 5 is broke as hell right now. Is that, cool. what, you, is right, that what you're yeah. fishing for? No, 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 no. I didn't. I, I did know that. But oh, was, okay, right. I was more saying because you were saying how hey, you you boot it up and it's like you're there. Okay, now what I'm saying. System. Okay, so you load it up and then it goes string, three, five, five, boom, and then you've got loads of buttons of varying sizes depending on their importance. So you can sort of practice combos. You can play online casually. You can you know play uh, story mode. You can do survival, which gradually pits you against uh, tougher and tougher enemies. Just sounds like a menu. There's a shop where you can. It is a menu. Maybe maybe it's not the things that are on the menu that's so exciting so much as how they've structured it, which okay. is which is not sort of like gentle drop down, like you're going to... It's a menu that as soon as you enter it, mm-hmm. this game goes, you're going to be here for ages. You're going to spend a lot of time on this menu because this game's going to take over your life. And it has a kind of confidence and a sort of nice shiny chrome nature to it that I found very exciting. Because you know what, Matt? I started on Street Fighter V going, I want to spend a long time in this game. I want to get become part of the Street Fighter community. I want to... I was talking to you about doing a podcast where I try and actually get good at Street Fighter with my friend who's 
awesome at Street Fighter. Yeah. And uh, so it, it gave me exactly what I wanted as soon as I started it. It went, you know, who's your favourite character? Because you can set your favourite character and then they'll be the default whenever you're asked to select a character. It'll start on there, yeah. Yeah, how exciting is that? I just don't, I'm not interested. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is not you. It's just, uh, I, I bought the Street Fighter 4 because when, when all this was happening was Street Fighter 4. Okay. Uh, and everyone's like, ah, Street Fighter 4. Yeah. yeah. And then what, you couldn't hack it? I just couldn't bother. You just couldn't deal with it. No, it's... It is a very fast right. game. You're right. <laughs> don't, don't play this game with me. <laughs> don't play this game with me. The, the thing is, like... Um, you're right, and it had that same thing of it. It's kind of it's aspirational. I think whenever a game like this comes out, it's aspirational in a way of people being like, "Yeah, I can." You get the sensation that you can be good at it, um, yep. but I just can't be bothered. Like I just find that games now are so demanding of my time, my energy, and my attention that uh, um, I feel like I've I've passed through the part of my life in which a game's going to do that to me, and I'm just going to be like, "Yeah, all right." Like I think last for me was probably Dota. Like that was like, okay, yeah, and I really had a lot of fun doing that in Dota and getting good at it and learning and. And trying to learn to be competitive. But so what? The idea of learning doesn't strike you as fun anymore? It does, uh, but just not learning for the sake of competitiveness, no. Mm, not really. Okay, but I've gotten so much of out of all the different games I've played competitively, whether that's like StarCraft or Netrunner or Dota, you know, I put, can put in like 100 or 200 hours and yeah. then be like, I've learned so much as a, as a gamer, I've become part of this community, and the little extra sousant of awesome it gives you is that you can then watch esports of that game when they happen once a year and have an awesome time. Yeah, I think again, the fact that I'm not interested in sports the slightest is a, is a big thing <laughs> okay that's what killed Dota for me in the end in the fact that like everyone I knew who was into it as equal as me was getting really into the tournaments and stuff and especially you know working in games media like they were all like going to cover these events and stuff I just have no interest in sports as an entity so I was like I don't want to watch other people doing things okay so Street Fighter 5 isn't for you but I do want to tell the people at home one oh, do, thing it do, does yeah. Um, which is uh, it has the simplest sort of bar gauge that grows um, and that lets you do special things basically the special uh, thing that's happening in it on top of the regular game of Street Fighter which all games of Street Fighter have had since like I don't know 2 or whatever um and you just either press light punch and like, oh, sorry, uh, medium punch and medium kick at the same time. Or, you know, me- and medium or heavy kick and heavy punch at the same time. That is the same for every single character. You charge up a tiny little bar and they all unlock a different unique special ability, which you learn for all of them because they all have exactly the same controls. And yet there's still a lot of depth within that system because every character has a unique, I wish I could remember what it was called, super special bar thing. But I've never played a Street Fighter where I'm able to use the the super special bar so quickly. Ah, you're actually able to do stuff with it. You mean? Yeah, you are. Yes. Yeah, because that's the thing I found is like with Street Fighter in the past, it's like you just don't know what you're doing. I, no. did, I did get into a fighting game many many years ago. I got really into Soul Calibur two, I think. I got really into Soul Calibur as well. But like, I just really got into the different stances and the depth of that and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, sure. Except now we're in a situation where you can actually take that online and you know beat up, get absolutely ruined by strangers. Yeah. Sure, you can rank up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So people at home should know. I'll, I'm done with this for now. I feel like I'm Paxmanning you, and I, I don't mean to. You can, man. Um, I I, think it's just one of those weird games that I get a bit frustrated with because... Joke's on you. I've evaded the boring buzzer for this whole time. No, I've just been abstaining. Because like, uh, <laughs> I was bored as soon as you said Street Fighter Five. I don't know why. I'm just not interested in it at all. Okay. Um, and I think it's it's good, and I know that fighting people love fighting games, love it, but I always find it's just one of these... It's a weird... It's kind of almost an industry bugbear of mine. So here's the thing, though. You say that people who like fighting games love it, and that's true. I just just want to see what's happening in that room, right? I, I want to try it and be like, what is the appeal here? What is the appeal of getting good and watching the sport and all that stuff? I want to find out. And then once I know, I can actually put Street Fighter down. And you know, I get that. And you're different. Like, you're not like most people. And I believe that. Sure. And it's you just, this is a, for you, it's kind of partly a an interest in the game and partly a cultural interest. And I completely yeah. understand that. So for our audience, and then I'll move on, I'm just going to say, if you're interested in not doing that yourself, but hearing me do it and doing like a five or six episode podcast where I try and be, and I thought about this a lot, in the top 15% of Street Fighter players in the world, in, wow. online, in online rankings. How long you got? I don't know, man. I think it's just launched. So well, you're going to have could... to do it quickly. because then That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Before it. Yeah. So it'll be like a podcast a week for five weeks and then we'll see if I've got into the top 15%. Top 15% isn't going to happen. I'd make that. I'm already. Well, top 25%. Shoot for the moon. 25%. And then go home in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. With uh, the moon painted on your forehead with crayons. And then I'll say like one of the lines from Street Fighter like, Oh, I should have trained harder. I'll be back to punch you later. Yeah. With a bigger hand. Classic. After I've 
throwing my hands up. No, it's good. I'm sure it's really good. I think it's just one of those games where I, I don't know why, but there are certain games and certain series that um, set off curmudgeonly bugbear Matt. Um, it's, it's to do with um, it's actually to do with the way the games media cover stuff, and I just find it's it's one of these weird. Oh, okay. Things. So if the games media unthinkingly cover something, then you are your contrarianism kicks in. No, it's not that. It's more just that like um, there's just this tendency for like um, and now I just see so much like on 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 social media and websites. Everyone going, oh, Street Fighter, yeah, I'm really I'm getting into Street Fighter. And it's like, no, you're not. This is what happens when everyone goes to the Evil Oh, Online Evil Online Fan Fest, yeah, yeah where everyone like, gets really excited for a hot second. Yeah, every time something comes out, everyone goes, oh, it's amazing, I'm really into it. And it's like, are you going to be playing it in two weeks? Are you fuck? Like, are you fuck? <laughs> and you know what? There's a lot more honesty with that when it's like something like The Witness or something where it's like, yeah, you know, I've had my fun with the puzzles, now I'm moving on. But when people are like, oh, yeah, Street Fighter, I'm getting really into online, it's like, no, you're not. You're going to play it for a week. Maybe two weeks and then you're done. Like, oh, yeah. and I don't know. It just bothers me. No, no, this is totally. I've fair. seen so much coverage about Street Fighter Five, and it, it gives this impression that like everybody is really excited about it. When actually, like, it's just not true. There are a handful of people really excited about it, but it creates this kind of it's this weird like I don't know. Well, this is Lee's thing. And about that's why I think it's aspirational. Like, I think it's like p- people like the idea of getting into it and being good at it. When actually, yeah. like, I'm a bit more honest now because I've got to the point in my life where I know I'm not going to because I fundamentally would rather spend my life learning to make good lasagnas. Yes. You have been playing a lot of Cookie Clicker this week. Yes, I have been playing a lot of Cookie Clicker. Cookie I mean, Licker. let's not pretend that you're not playing Street Fighter and are instead like rescuing lambs from barbed wire fences. Actually, you're I playing have Cookie Clicker. mostly been uh, rescuing lambs from barbed uh, wire fences. No, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing is actually I've, I've been full of a cold this week. Um, so Cookie Clicker, I've got to say, the lambs I'm, are just I'm like continuing to play, window, but bang. I'm not actually playing it. It's just a tab I open and now it's got to the point where I can buy like one thing a day. So it just runs in the background when my computer's on. So it's 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 the most passive thing in the world now. Um, but I don't care. It's just happening. But what I've been doing is I have been playing some bollocks though. I have been regressing. Like I still I still point out I'm like three weeks into an annoying head cold now and I've just eaten way too much pasta. So if I seem like a particularly grumpy version of myself this week, I'm sorry. But, uh, no, it's fine because people have, have gone online and they have watched you uh, completely emasculate me in the Invisible Ink uh, videos. <laughs> doing, uh, which this week crossed a line that I will I will briefly talk about whereby the whole setup in the series, if you haven't been watching our Invisible Ink playthroughs, you should. Because the idea is Matt hasn't played Invisible Ink and he's loaded it up on not beginning but the difficulty level above that experienced and we thought we'd do a let's play where I sit by him and watch him fail what this has become now is Matt not failing and me having to sit there as he does better and better and better and I'm locked into this series yeah. I can't go anywhere yeah like you just wouldn't be there otherwise. it is and this week was the week where it crossed over from your success being like funny to genuinely annoying like I am not looking forward I'm mean, I, like next time we sit down it's going to be like a dark moment for me <laughs> I'm going to be you know beside you it's like here we go again yeah no and that's the thing is like it's just it's just tedious for you I'm sorry you've just got to sit and actually watch me be I mean I'm waiting there's, there's one mission again. coming up that I've got all my hopes and dreams pinned I on I still feel like I'm I am I'm, I'm Icarus waiting to die like, yeah the way. I, I'm being really cocky that's why it's a great game. series man because neither of us know whether I will get my satisfaction or no I don't you will just sail through to the end because I don't know what's coming like I genuinely like most missions I'm just seeing new stuff and not really knowing what's happening yeah. uh, which is a really exciting way it's to amazing game. isn't it just um, that you just you don't even know what's happening but it's fine yeah you make it out anyway I do but I think it's I love the, what I love about it is if start- the people at home have read the Tintin books then they know that kind <laughs> of like sort of uh, bemused wandering through a level but completely safe it is it is a bit like that um, and I think what's lovely about it though is as we play um, to begin with I was just um, kind of just bumbling through and having a laugh and not really know what I was doing but the systems were quite fuzzy and it was you know kind and quite simple fine but as we go on I'm slowly learning how to actually play the game mm. but also just getting a much greater respect for how good it is and it is just an incredibly good game yeah um, it it's is. worth watching a bit of the series actually just to just to get a sense for that because man it's, it's a great game yeah if they jump in around like episode 5 or 6 then they'll be able to see you really wrestling with some interesting guard yeah, patterns really solid systems really cool stuff really like simple puzzles and then making choices and I love that often you find that the best option is is nothing the best option is not to just rush and do something it's just to just to bide your time and, and wait for the moment to do something but then the problem is time is ticking people are coming yep it's great it's really intense and now it's getting to the point where every time we record an episode I walk away from it like kind of a little bit shaky because yeah, it's just yeah. so intense 
Um, that's a great game. It's a great arc in every episode because I, your excitement peaks at the end when you make it out. My excitement peaks about two thirds of the way in when all the guards <laughs> are hunting you down, and I'm like, oh, please, please. There's please, a please. point, yeah, in this week's episode where you just erupt into the best laughter. You yeah, just, you were so happy because I've just screwed something up, and you are <laughs> so happy. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I, I laughed for like it. 15 oh, seconds. You're so happy. I've yeah. never heard anyone so happy. Oh, it was great. It's incredible. It's just joy, pure joy. But you yeah. made it out, didn't you? Yeah, you made yeah. it out. Spoilers, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I've been playing a uh, iOS game because I've been unwell and I just I can't be bothered you know when you're in that kind of zone where you're like you want, I want to get my teeth in something a bit bigger yeah but I'm just too spaced out and I just want something simple and easy so well um, I, I've got an interesting uh, segue from there but no you talk about what you've been playing I've been playing Puzzle and Dragons hot damn this is this is like Japan's um uh but not bejeweled. That makes me sound old. I think it's China, maybe. maybe uh, Japan. No, it's big in it's big in Japan. Japan's uh, Japan's uh, uh, Candy Crush, right? Like it, every yes. everyone plays it. It's it's the hot potato. Yes, in, it uh, is the land of it the is. rising sun. It is. There's a hot potato in the land of the rising sun. Oh, that's, yeah. that's some carb loading. That was the, a sentence full of lasagna, right there. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's fun. It's kind of patently bollocks. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what it is, by the way. I've seen that like it's a dungeon exploring game yeah. with like a, a bejeweled looking grid. Yeah, basically um, half the screen is like a kind of dungeon thing where you can see the monsters you're fighting and how much health they have and all this stuff. And then the other half is little mini bejeweled style grid. Um, have you played um, Puzzle Quest? Yes, I have played lots. Is of it like Quest. that? Uh, no, it's not actually. Okay. Puzzle Quest was interesting. Uh, and I like that. It got really kind of annoying after a while. But anyway... Um, this I didn't actually get the thing that this game does for a little while I felt like a real idiot when I suddenly was like looking online for some information about something else and found a website which was like oh some basic tips for this game and I'm mm-hmm. like okay and I realised I didn't know how to play it I'd been playing it wrong for about four hours wow um, but well, how do you play it what are you doing well what I was doing was I was selecting I was dragging and dropping a jewel from one place to another so rather than it being like the kind of traditional thing of you can just slide a jewel like to the left or to the yeah. right or up or down you <clears> can <throat> take one gem from anywhere to anywhere so you can be like oh there's two yellows there. I'm going to drag this yellow from over here over next to this yellow three yellows bang done a yellow attack and then any of your yellow monsters that you have will then do their damage that they do but um, the thing I didn't realise was that actually it's really smart because the way it works is that when you drag that yellow around, it displaces everything behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to... It's just, it's I get it. Like everything else falls into the space that it that was it, in. The path that it leaves. Yeah. And you can only hold it for these things for about a second before it goes, okay, you've run out of time now, you've got to drop it. But it means that rather than just going, drag this yellow next to two yellows, you'll be like, drag this yellow past here which switches that red with that green, which makes that four reds, and then past here. And you end up doing these weird curly loopy movements and then dropping it. So that instead of just getting three in a row, you get like a three in a row, two four in a rows, and a five in a row. This is giving me a headache. I think it might be the lasagna. Yeah, probably. Yeah. This sounds in- insufferably complicated. It's not. It's really easy. But okay. what's weird is that when you first start doing it, you go, okay, and you can't really manage more than like maybe getting two chains. You go, okay, well, that's easy. That's mm-hmm. two things. But after a while, like it's almost like the shapes and patterns and the movements you do to move things around in certain ways become second nature. Almost like sort of a hypnotic process. Like a- yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's almost like um, I guess when you've solved a puzzle once, you know how to do it. It becomes this weird thing if you start to like when you're dragging, you start to do, like weird loops on the screen, knowing that it will shift that red one around three places. To okay. Like. So, but weirdly, you just start to just be able to do it a bit more. But what's nice is in between, there's no timers, so it means you can look at this for as long as you want, and you can say as long as you want to choose your move. And then you have to carry it out. But the great thing is because you only have a certain amount of time to move this thing before you have to drop it and the move is over and it carries out, it means you kind of look at it and you go, well, I could do that and then go up there and then go around there. And then you basically plan a path in your head of what you're going to do. But then you have to do it really quickly in one go without messing it up and without not finishing it. Okay. Um, so you've got that element of that, the puzzle thing, but then you've got the thing of like, you know, you go through... Is that puzzle thing good? Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Like, it's fun. And then it's like, uh, it does have the simple kind of like um, energy-based system whereby like, you know, you kind of like, you do dungeons every day and then you like, oh, you can't do any more dungeons until like, you know, you wait a while. But actually, annoyingly, I've been trying to just do that and being like, well, I'll just play it for half an hour. 
And, but then I like rank up and then it, give, it fills up my stamina again. And I was playing it for like three hours yesterday. And I was like, stop me. Because it's really addictive. It's really good fun. Because mm-hmm. you're constantly like finding new dragon eggs. Oh, it's a new dragon egg. Oh, that's a better dragon. That's cool. Oh, that dragon is used to level up that dragon. It's got like Pokemon style collection and evolving and leveling up stuff. And it's like, it's got all of this stuff going on. And it's it's really good fun. Um, and I haven't, I mean, I've been playing it probably for about three or four hours and I haven't got any, haven't had any point at which it's been like, yeah, I'm going to spend money on it. I mean, you will hit that pinch point, right? Like of course. Every game, like it, what I hate about, I don't mind the pinch points so much, but I hate that they always have this really twee wrapper. So you always, like I played some Heyday on my iPad. God knows why. Heyday 2, actually. And uh, yeah, I just... There's something so dark about the combination of like, oh, you've got some happy chickens laying some nice little eggs. You can make, you've made an omelette. That's great. Give me all of your money now or yeah. the no more chickens. Yeah. The chickens are dying. Like it, I mean, it's just the, the cast, the, the sheet glass ceiling and then joyous imagery is so weird. It is. I mean, I don't know. I think I, I get the impression this is just quite grindy, but I do like the fact that because... Um, you know, fundamentally the damage you do in battle is defined by like the monsters you have, which mm-hmm. are defined by like, you know, all sorts of things. But um you can still like do quite well just by constantly like seeing enough and being like able to do three or four like links every time. So it's yeah, one of those for things now, where- but I mean the games are always almost irrelevant in these things. It's always you will sure. hit that wall. Sure. And in fact, no, there's already like, I can see like one of the biggest problems is there's so many different things. You can collect so many different monsters and stuff and so many different types of material monsters that you need to level up that it's like you quite quickly realize if you want to be leveling up lots of these things, you don't have the inventory space to keep all the things. So mm. that's one of the things you can buy more of. But I can't tell how, if it's, I get the sense it might be actually maybe if you just spend a bit of money on getting more space to keep things, then you might not have to do. But it, basically the, the way I think it gets most people probably is the fact that you have this like, you can have a go on little like it is literally like a little um, slot machine. Yeah, it's not. It's like a it's like a lucky dragon thing, and it basically means you pull its hand down, and then an egg comes out, and then you get like a random egg. <laughs> but it becomes this thing of like that is just a, like a, a why it's a it's an egg machine. It's a cap, yeah, it's a it's basically machine. a capsule machine. But it's like you can get them through friend points, which actually they're really easy. You just play you just log in every day and you get more points which means you can still have a go on these machines but does that you... imply that the app is your friend no you play with other people it's honestly there's so much going on in it it's like actually really complicated in terms of all the systems and stuff it's like it's, it's fucking it's a lot going on man it, yeah i how do we keep falling into this trap though because i know that in like a week or two weeks i'm gonna be like are you still playing puzzle dragons you're like oh no it did this bullshit thing that drove me away yeah but i kind of know that and i don't really care like i'm just having a bit of fun with it it's to be honest it's mainly that my mind is adult and uh, I, I really want to play um, some uh, Bloodborne so I can get up to the DLC so I can make some videos about the DLC but honestly when you've got a head cold the last thing you want to do is, is replay Bloodborne because uh, you know it's not even that it's stressful or difficult it's just that um, it. I want to just play through it quickly because I've done it before and I just want to get to a certain point but the only thing deadlier there's nothing deadlier in Dark Souls games or Bloodborne than haste basically yeah. so it's just really it becomes frustrating you just want to get through it but you're like oh here's what you do man you don't you don't need to play puzzle dragons which and work your way towards that inevitable sort of crushing pinch point you're gonna get yourself you're gonna get yourself some city skylines snowfall i think is the what the expansion called yeah. came out on the day we're recording it you can download it you can make yourself a nice little city and you know why i'm jealous of you because you haven't played city skylines yet You've had an entire life of SimCity, which is just kind of stressful, and you're trying to balance the bottom line, and, you know, maybe a city's gone a bit wrong, and then, oh, you want to restart. So, no, City Skylines, you just build, and you'll have problems, and you'll solve them, and the money will increase, and then you'll... you The money you get in City Skylines isn't even like, oh, maybe now I can solve my crippling power infrastructure problem. It's like... No, now I can get this awesome... Now I can completely upgrade my road system. Or yeah. now I can uh, build a bridge to that island chain and then make sure I've got but really there's never any, roads. But there's never any, like, real peril or worry. No, there's never any peril. <coughs> you Does that sound boring to you? I don't know. You know, I I don't know. Because another thing I, I, I've been dabbling in really, really briefly this week was um, I went back to play a bit more Pillars of Eternity, which I know you weren't keen on at all, but I liked. And uh, I went back to play some more of it, and after that initial like half an hour, 40 minute period of just going through my quest log, like an amnesiac Mm. and being like, who are these people? What is this? I actually remembered 
all of the plot details. That's and good. The it does take half an hour. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, actually, I really like this. And it is like, yeah, it is a bit too po-faced. And actually, it's more that I'm excited about um, um, the Planescape coming out. New Planescape. <laughs> the Planescapes. The Sorry, that's the lasagna speaking. The Planescapes. You know, the, the new Planescape game coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yes. Numenera. That's it. That is Tides not, of Numenera. That is not a Planescape. Are they making an actual game set in Planescapes? No, sort of. I think it's a. I think it is sort of. I think it's Tides of Numenera. Uh, but I think I'm pretty sure it's like not Planescape, but it is basically. It's like one of these weird things. Like yeah, that. I know a bit about Numenera because um, uh, it, it it was a quite a successful role playing game Kickstarter, and uh, I guess if people don't know what Numenera is, just this. Imagine a far future that is also collapsed. So there is all this wonderful sort of super beyond Star Trek level tech. Ridiculous, like lasers and shields and transporters and genetic splicing and all this stuff. But all of it's been uh, forgotten. So essentially it's, it's, a, it's like a fantasy world with magic, except instead of magic, it's just you find devices that are super advanced tech. Science. Yeah. And it's good, fine. I it's, don't know. It's, it's less interested than the Planescape world, that's for sure. I don't know. I think, um, well, I don't know. I just, all I know is I've seen some previews, read some stuff about people playing it, and they say it's actually really interesting and really weird and quite, quite refreshing. I mean, I'd buy it. I mean, so, I won't literally buy it. I think but... I might. I don't know if I did back it or not. I think I meant to, but forgot. Anyway, um, either way, I'm interested in playing that, and I just thought, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to go back and play a bit more Pillars, just to get a feel for it. But it's weird. It is quite po-faced, and I've now learned some things in Pillars. Like, I never bother. At first, it was quite a nice novelty being able to, like, reach out and see the past lives of these little people and see these little fragments of stuff, but... I just can't be bothered anymore because yep. they're always just quite substandard little stories. However, I do like the ongoing actual stories, the overarching plots and the overarching what's going on, and it's quite got me in with that. But what's weird is I've put it onto the easiest, easy, easy mode. Yeah, that's the new thing they introduced in a patch, right? Yeah. There is a mode which now turns it into the story. <laughs> the combat level becomes story level, Yeah. at which point the combat is like this vestigial joke that you just breeze through. Right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody on Twitter described it as dad mode, which is... <laughs> but, but it's not dad mode though because the combat in that game is bad yeah like well, the combat is this awful sort of second edition D thing whereby a lot of the time you'll be over leveled or under leveled and both of those are just straight up bad games yeah you see i quite enjoyed it until i had too many people like and i think it was it became that point of when i had three or four people i was really enjoying it and really enjoying the whole because i used to like i used to love Baldur's gate well right so my problem with uh with pillars of eternity's combat is the I swear, anyone you find who says, oh, no, no, the combat is good, those people will have done the same combat as a kid playing Baldur's yeah, Gate and playing. That's it. exactly it. Right, and so at which point you're saying, oh, the combat in this game's good so long as you played it before 15 years yeah, ago, no, which is insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. If you're going to say it's good anyway, like, I mean, I never really would have said that. I'd just be like, I like it because I liked Right, so you've system. got this game, which is really a story game with combat that is... Yeah, it's a nostalgic system, basically. I mean, I'd be interested if someone wanted to make the argument to me that I made about Sunless Sea, which is that the awful roguelike in Sunless Sea and the permadeath massively augments the um, the story that Sunless Sea, Sunless sea is telling, which is about risk and loneliness and, and fatalism. Um, whereas in Pillars of Eternity, I don't know if the combat necessarily augments the story unless the story is about slogging through 400 orcs yeah. and becoming a bit tired. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't really agree with you on the Sunless Sea, but... Um, but yeah, basically I've been playing this and it's, I've been playing it with easy, but then it's this weird thing. I'm just like, well, what's the point? Well, okay. Then you're kind of proving my point, right? That it's, it's interesting. If Sunless Sea, if you remove the bad roguelike from Sunless Sea, the story loses a lot. And if you remove this combat from Pillars of Eternity, then suddenly yeah, and the that, story in, starts to feel in weird. In both regards, it's not great design, I'm not going to lie. Like, in both regards, it's just because the game has been designed that way. And it's like, obviously, you can't just remove one cog from the machine and expect it to still work. Yeah. It's like you've built the machine wrong. But obviously, in, in, in Sunless Sea, it was like a mess up for one reason. I think it was a mess up anyway. Uh, but if you, re- I mean, no, we can agree it was a mess up. But I think it was an ac- it accidentally led to some beautiful things. Yeah, it did. It did. It wasn't all bad. But um, I think in this, it's obviously just because they were keeping. It was a game made for fans of Baldur's Gate Two. I mean, yeah. it was backed by those people. Like it was. It's a weird one of those weird cases where I think it's like Kickstarter doing its job perfectly of being like, you want another one of these games. And we've made you one. And what is it? Yeah, it's like functionally exactly the same as those ones. And it's massive. And it's got a pretty good story. That's all those people wanted. And yeah, you can say that that doesn't make it a good game. You're completely right. But as a piece of nostalgia for people who enjoy that and want more of that, 
It's perfect. Yeah, I just... I, But it's more that I just... I realise it's a big game. I'm enjoying the story. I want to just actually see more of the story and see where it goes. And I don't have time to play a 90-hour game. So I'm just putting it down to, like, super, super easy dad mode. So you just go... Bum, 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 and just don't waste any time with any of the fighting. You know what you can do? You can you can load up your city and city skylines. <laughs> and you can enjoy the story that you imagine. You're not going to be happy until everything in my life is replaced with city skylines. Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this as a friend. I think it would improve... I think it would improve your life. I think you would find it massively zen. One of the happiest game memories I had in all of 2015 was loading up City Skylines with After Dark, putting a podcast on, and just... It was like all my worries just slammed yeah, off no. me. And I found that, actually, when I was playing Zen, um, Zen Sim City, even though like that was, by many regards, right. people thought it was quite But Sim City has this weird thing where it just sort of starts kind of getting... The, the difficulty of it sort of gets in your way, whereas City Skylines... It's only ever. It's like building a terrarium or something, where yeah. you just go, "This will go here." Oh no! But if I put this here, then this won't. This turtle won't get any light, and I want that turtle to get light. Yeah. And so the problems you create are almost of your own volition. No, I get that, and that's why I'll be really interested to see like how I get on with it because I think it's weird. The weird, the weird like back and forth I'm having with pillars is the fact that it's like when I'm playing the combat and normal. I'm in, I enjoy the combat. Yes, it's fucking antiquated. And yes, I would, honestly, with a full team of like six people, you have so many skills. It's like really hard to remember what you're doing. But when you're into it and you have a plan and it goes right and it's cool and you pull off a fight flawlessly, it feels really good. But it adds countless, countless hours to a game that, frankly, I don't want to invest that much time into. I it's the funny... The, see, I always... When Pillars of Assembly first came out, I joked that, like, oh, everyone's talking about it now, but I'd love to see the Steam stats of how many of my colleagues who are talking about it being great actually finished it. Yeah. And it's the funny thing of... Um, it's so big. I know people who played it for, like, 90 hours and still didn't finish it. Sure, I, buy, I believe that. But the funny thing is, is that you get adults <coughs> now saying, like, oh, I would love to kickstart, you know, a new Baldur's Gate. Great, and they do. Difference is, when you're a kid, you can spend six hours yeah. a day playing these games yeah. and it's like where are you going to find the time again it's, 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 as, it's aspirational isn't it that's the thing like it's it is aspirational same thing I think so much of uh, how video games are funded and how video games are talked about is um, uh, by many people anyway not everyone is is more aspiration than anything else yeah. people liking the idea of being able to do it sure and that's like why I'm excited about Numenera when actually in reality I'll probably be exactly the same pillars I'll play for about 16 hours and then wander off on something else weirdly of the two of us being like super flighty I have gone back to Disgaea after playing it and enjoying it and then I made the video and I captured some b-roll for the video and now I'm playing it again because while I was capturing b-roll I got addicted to leveling things up yeah. so if people haven't seen uh, my Disgaea 5 video on YouTube and stuff it's basically a super weird uh, tactical um, grid combat game like Fire Emblem, except instead of being set in a fantasy world, it's set in hell. Mm. And instead of being able to change a few things about your army, you can change everything. And Disguise games are amazing, but they your your relationship with them always ends in the same way. And it's really interesting because you know you you um, you're quite quite fairly mildly break me for wasting my time on bollocks iPad games. Yeah, I don't know why. I, keep I mean, it. I do it as well. Right? I think it's just because they're mindless and actually, like when I finish working, I don't want to think. Yeah, and I want to be disrespected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had this the weird thing when I loaded up Discovery. You know what I've been doing? I've just been fiddling. Yeah, with, like yeah. the reincarnation system. Like I had a character, I had a ninja who, frankly, wasn't pulling his weight. And uh, I was disappointed in his job performance, so I thought I said, "You're going to be reincarnated as a Dark Knight." And then I went inside his sword and made the sword really good. You know, what I unlocked. Yeah, it's because that's that's exactly what happened with me towards the end of this guy of being like, "This guy's going to be the best." And then you relevel him up, and then you get all of his gear and you relevel up, and it's all about this like potential that actually you never even realise by the end. You just also you can't be bothered. There's like, yeah. Then you have to create a circumstance, like for example. You've got this guy who's the best, but then obviously he's way over-leveled for the main story, so you could go so deep inside an item that the enemies get so insanely tough that that person you've made is the only person who can fight them. And then you're creating a level of your own design to use the character of your own design. Yeah. But, importantly, you are in control of that. And the reason that I I'm, I feel more gently towards Disgaea than I do towards iPad games is iPad games, you have no control over when they demand more or less of your time and money whereas Disgaea mm. it is just a massive upfront fee yeah. and then it's a playground that's true it's an addictive and super weird playground which has like lollycon girls pulling each other's swimsuits off in the loading screens but you know 
it's still a playground, is that? Am I selling that? Yeah, I think I get what you mean. And I think you're right. I think it's just interesting that I think with, with games like that, because I've been there, I've been through Discord, I loved it, I had a great time. But I just find it's interesting how like, yeah, like iPad games can be quite bad in the fact that they are uh, disrespectful. That's not iPad. You know, you know what we mean, we mean when we say that. I don't want people on Twitter being You like, mean free to play oh, stuff. You, you know what I mean. Which is on Steam as well as... It's on you know. everywhere. But these sorts of games, they're, they're often quite disrespectful of your money and can be disrespectful of your time. But I find things with this guy, it's just, it just ends up being just disrespectful of your time. <laughs> just because... And that's fine because often video games are, but I find it's interesting how actually like that kind of moment when you have that realisation... Uh, in the way that I will have that realization if I keep prodding around these dragons and going, I'm done with this now, and I, it was a big waste of time. You'll have that with Disguise as well. It's not. It's not all a question of money. It's, but the uh, thing is, right? I put this. I feel more confident because you'll feel fond about it, though. I, I still feel fond about Disguise, but I just know I can never go back. Yeah, I have. A, I I was never able to get that fondness with a lot of stuff I played, including like World of Warcraft and to some extent Destiny. Oh, right, Whereas Disguise, I have just got this kind of gentle feeling, partially I think because I was able to put it down. You know what I unlocked in Disguise last night, weirdly? Mario Party. I unlocked a massive board game that you can play. You can pick any character and go into the board game inside their heart and basically <laughs> play and play Mario Party with them. And then if you finish the board game, which is this Mario Party Monopoly thing, um, you unlock all the benefits you got on the way, which is completely bananas because the different zones you can go to like you might go to a thing which is like oh get an ability which is like a buff um that buff is randomly pulled from the game's database mm. so you can get a buff randomly from literally anything your wizard suddenly becomes an amazing he gets a sword ability that lets him pull a comet down it's just bonkers it's completely insane yeah. it's like lucky dip and I really do want to play it again, but I can't. Maybe don't. Maybe I'm don't. Done. You've done. done. You've done. You've been there. And I mean, actually, <laughs> a game which is coming out really soon, I've been playing the demo for, is uh, Brody Default Second Coming or whatever. That sure was a game that I didn't play and have n- and have not felt like I've missed anything. Uh, it's really great. Default. I actually really like Brody Default as a systems-based game. It's just really nice. Uh, it doesn't waste any of your time. Because, um, yeah, you can skip. You well, can... I mean, fundamentally, it is a waste of time, but everything is all right, whatever. But you can you can just skip so much of it. You can just play, automate it. And actually, they've very, kind of doubled down with that. I've only been playing the demo a little bit, but it is basically just like, hey, do you want to keep playing around and with more systems and stuff? Um, <laughs> I mean... It even appears to be set in the same world, I think, which is hilarious because that game already had you go around the same world like multiple times for various reasons in the plot in the first time. So now you're circling the world again. But there's just something about it. Like, the art's lovely, the music's lovely. You didn't um, get on with as long as we're talking about 3DS action RPGs you didn't get on with that tree and Odyssey did you I liked it but uh, it was just too much it was too it was too grindy and too heavy okay so I'm, I'm always really interested in Atrian Odyssey which is a series that has been for the DS and then the 3DS um, which has you walking through a super hardcore um, very tough very dangerous dungeon with random battles and then you draw the dungeon on the bottom map it's a cartog- sort of cartography um, yeah it's really cool because it means you're like very gradually like going around and estimating and, and what's nice is sometimes you get it wrong you kind of look at a room and you go oh, okay so, and then you, you and draw then you, it and, and then you hit wrong, a wall yeah. and you look and you're like no I'm not supposed to hit a wall yet so then you have to like go back redraw and your map yeah and that element of it I love so what I here's what I'm saying playing Entry and Odyssey I was able to play something a bit tough a bit different something that was like thought provoking uh-huh. I've never seen anything from Bravely Default that makes me go ooh that's that's different and that excites me It's just it just seems to be like I ask people, oh, how's the plot? And people are like, oh. And then I say, how's the combat? And they go, oh, it's interesting. You can sort of automate some of it. And then I'm like, so what are you playing it for? And no, the plot, no, there is actually interesting stuff going on. The plot actually was quite fun. I enjoyed the plot. Um, and the the combat does have interesting things in it. It's just more about the case that it has, like, there are, it's not always, the problem is if you say, oh, we can just automate it. It makes it seem like you just go through the whole game not playing it. Right. Which isn't really true. Um, basically, like, there are a lot of fights which are hard. And when you get to a hard fight, you don't automate it. You you carefully orchestrate it. Okay. You carefully work out what you're going to do. But what the automation lets you do is it lets you... Um, it's like the same thing with Final Fantasy XII did of being like... I really liked Final Fantasy Precisely. XII. Like when it gives you the tools to like come up with a plan and then execute your own little plan, it doesn't really matter if you're not doing it anymore. And so what this does in this is the fact that you can have this thing of being like, oh man, these enemies give you quite a lot of XP. And if I change these jobs to these jobs so they can do this ability and then they can do this ability, then you basically, like, you you devise a farming, uh, like, kind of 
technique. So it's almost, okay. Right. But then one that you can carry out on your own efficiently. And I love the fact that you can control the whole game using just one half of the thing, which is amazing. It means you can have it rest in your lap and you can just be playing with one hand and doing all the menus and or everything with one hand. More handheld games should do that, giving you the ability to just keep playing with one hand. Just because, you know what, you might want your land for something else, I don't know. On the subject of playing Bravely Default with one hand, uh, I saw people <laughs> saying that... Yeah, I just I walked straight into uh, So the second game is less sexy, right? Yeah, well, I think it's not that it's less sexy, it's just they changed the models to make them look less like children. Okay. And they toned it down a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, I actually, like, it's, we, like I've talked about this in the past, but there was a, a, a podcast of Dark Souls early on where I, I talked about the first Bravely Default and about how, with Log, about how, like... It was just really maddeningly frustrating that you have all these tiny characters who are, like... In in the Western release, they made it so they were a bit older, they were 15, 16. But in the Japanese release, they were supposed to be, like, I think, I can't remember, 12, 13. They were supposed to be quite young. And the models look really young. They look like young kids. And then you've got all this weird, sexy stuff going on. Oh, dear. Like, a sexy swimsuit competition. And I was, like, I was joking and being like, man, this is just weird. It's just fucking weird. There's no excuse. It's weird stuff for weirdos. Mm. And that was really controversial. And a lot of people got really angry at me for that. But it's like, guys, what's wrong with you? Anyway, um, in this, they basically, they seem to have made it so all the models uh, do look like a bit more like teenagers, like a bit more like late teens. And uh, I think that's like a simple fix, to be honest. It just, <laughs> that was relatively straightforward. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it's still like maybe occasionally going to be a bit creepo. But I've heard it isn't. I've heard it's a lot more like toned back and a lot more kind of like, just sweet rather than creepy that's good it is good but i think it's it's all the fact like yes you have got the automation and yes that is cool but it is the fact that the systems are actually really nice and the fact that you level up these jobs and then by leveling up these jobs you get permanent buffs that you can keep and it becomes this crafting thing if you're starting to go oh if i use this and then use that and then change my job to this then i'll be able to do this yeah maybe you know you're starting to make it sound like a sort of dis- disguise light but with an ending it's real solid it really is um and it's a lot of fun as well just because you discover the new jobs when you discover a new job it's like oh what's this and you already work out what it is before it happens because it'll be like you have to keep, beat a boss who is that okay and you're like oh when you beat the red mage you're gonna get the red mage thing and then but you don't know what you're gonna level up when you get the skills and when you go up to like level up okay yeah, yeah, yeah and no, a I'm lot of them are quite fun um but they've got some mad stuff in the new one like you can actually for the automation you can have like um the classic thing in the last game of being like just do the last thing i did but you can also have three custom slots of being like do this do this or do this so you can almost have like automated setups for different battles but the idea is it means you can and this is what i really like about it and more games should do this it allows you to just blitz it you find a good area. You go, I like fighting these monsters. This is good. I'm going to get loads of experience. So you just spend like five minutes, double the encounter rate, do loads of fights, get all your fighting out of the way, and then just put the encounter to zero and then just get on with the story. And if you get a thing where you just think, I'm fed up now, I just want to carry on with the story. I you, forgot, yeah. You just switch the battles off. So I that is exactly the kind of thing that I wish Mass Effect had. Yeah. Like in terms of just, <laughs> yeah. Even Commander Shepard. I played them all on easy because there was so much fun and just I, being the guy who walked around with a space shotgun and everything died. Yeah, I just would love, again, it would be so simple of just Commander Shepard, like having Commander Shepard's like subordinates go, Commander Shepard, there are people here that want to kill you, but we can deal with them <laughs> because you're the captain and probably shouldn't be. Ch- yeah. Yeah. Dear um, me. Yeah. On the subject of things being um, creepy, though, and uh, cute, uh, which we mentioned Bravely Default to uh, being and not being, I'm a big, I do want to express I'm a big fan of creepy and cute at the same time because, oh my God, the most fun I've had on my 3DS was uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, mostly. Or at least the fondest memories I have of anything on 3DS. And just meeting super creepy villagers. Oh, that's weird, with, yeah. uh, with, you know, like the dude who's a horse and his entire house is Roman and you go there and he just talks about himself. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like soft classical music plays and he just, for all the world, looks like a murderer. You know, yeah. the, the the parrot who's obsessed with, like, fitness. I know, I love all this stuff. It's fine. I think, as I just said in the original thing, it's just like when you're playing a game where, like, you're sitting on, on a train and you're playing a game which appears to be having, like, <laughs> having, like uh, what appear to be very young children taking part in a beauty contest in bikinis. You just sort of think, like... I feel like I'm breaking the law in public here now. I feel like people are going to look over my shoulder and, and go like, is this guy a criminal? If like, you don't listen to regular like, regular features, you won't have heard Matt's amazing story of being sat on the train and realising the girl next to him was writing Sonic fan fiction. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, man. I always wonder what I look like when I'm reading board game manuals on the tube, like if I'm heading to your house. You like that. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, yeah. No, people look no, over. It's not that bad. If people look over, and it's like you know, discard a card to gain a gold, and it's like, do they think I'm in a Ponzi scheme? 
<laughs> you're ever going to get out. Yeah. Ever going to get out. Anyway, yeah. So I'm going to try and make it my uh, kind of mid-year resolution in uh, in in February um, to uh, mid-year. Uh, no, I forgot what time of the year it was. Um, <laughs> I've really eaten too Man, much lasagna. We're nailing this podcast. <laughs> so sorry if this feels downbeat or weird. It's um, no, it's great. I'm having a nice time. Uh, me too, man. Just candid chats. Too much. What's pasta. what's your resolution? I'm just gonna try and uh, like uh, I don't know, like try and spend more time playing what I want to play, even if it's gonna be rubbish. Sometimes I think it's just like oh no, uh, you gotta you gotta treat yourself. Uh, you gotta not play the games that are that are a bit too fast. You gotta yeah. just slow down. Because I've been going through, and I really I really want to play Bloodborne again, but it's just so intense. It's just so intense. <laughs> I. Dude, I, I know you, the thing is, I know I'll, you can cheat, and I know you can go and play it with like podcasts or whatever. Like, oh no, that's not what I was going to say. But no, but people always say that they go, oh, it's fine. Like, Bloodborne isn't stressful if you just turn the music off and listen to your own music. And it's like, yeah, but in my mind, that's just cheating. Oh, man, it, it's not even cheating. It, it's you not getting what you love getting from Bloodborne, and you yeah. don't want to touch Bloodborne unless you're going to get that grade A, tense, palm sweating, uh, so, you know, Miyazaki Souls experience, right? Yeah. And I had exactly the same with same thing with Kentucky Route Zero where my friend said, oh, you haven't played Kentucky Route Zero? you got to play it. So I went and I played episode one in one evening. It was like a sort of cool autumn night. I had all the lights off in the flat. I had a bottle of beer. I played the game. I played the first episode over maybe two hours. It was unbelievably transporting. And because I've only... I've been too afraid of not getting that experience and not meeting those conditions, I have never gone back to Kentucky Route Zero. I still haven't played episode two or three. I get that a lot, actually, when I have a new game that I'm excited about. I'm like, oh, I've got to get ready. Like, And that's why I didn't play The Witcher, the Witcher 3 for ages. <laughs> people, yeah. It's like, I've got to get ready. I'm sad that people at home don't get the visual gag of you sort of vibrating your entire body as you say that. <laughs> I am. It's like, oh, well, I've got this great new game. Uh, I'm going to make myself coffee. And I'm going to sit down. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I drink the coffee. And I go, oh, my desk is a mess. I'm going to tidy my desk. <laughs> okay, and, uh, you, tidy you my leave, you're losing and, me here. You're losing me. And I, then I just end up like, wanting the conditions to be so perfect so I can just enjoy it that I end up like spending the whole day like doing other things and then being like oh I don't have time to play now and that happens to me like 9 out of 10 times when I go to myself wake up in the morning hey I don't have to do much work today I'm gonna just play um, I'm gonna play a video game and like enjoy it yeah what happens is I then go oh yeah but I've got to do this one or two things so I'll get them done and then they go oh you've got these other things you do as well actually and I'm like yeah well maybe I'll just get it all out of the way then I can enjoy it and it just doesn't happen I just end up like spending my whole day just doing chores or tasks or ladies jobs. and gentlemen at home send money now Matt, <laughs> Matt needs this problem is awful and needs to be fixed no, I can't I can't fix this it's fine it's money just... can fix this money can fix anything no one's gonna make me lasagna coolghost.net slash right. patreon it's me or nobody. Uh, Let's answer some questions. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay, so uh, Olero asks, Games these days are slowly but steadily covering more sensitive subjects. For example, that dragon cancer, gone home, papers please. Um, <laughs> quite a variety. of yeah. Anyway, uh, what grounds or subjects do you want games to explore more Possibly breaking taboos. Topical. I played the Westport Independent this week, and just like Rock Paper Shotgun said, it was mediocre to, that's a shame. to bad. But that's a that's Papers Please's closest uh, analog. Uh, discounting the game where you're providing passports to animals that I've forgotten the name of that um, someone in the comments should name because it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just not very good. Um, my th- sort of subject matter in the game I've always talked about wanting more than anything else is I want a kind of uh, life sim, maybe first person, think Gone Home, but I'm running a franchise restaurant in a small town, like a little chef, like by by the side of a motorway that captures all of that... Uh, sort of one of the taboos that people don't talk about about little chef okay so there's not a taboo but just the <laughs> the thing of running um, the, the beauty of and like the loneliness of, of roadside suburbia basically yeah which has always fascinated me because I grew up in London and I, I've only ever sort of briefly been exposed to it and kept visiting friends who lived in suburbs and it's just it's so weird and inhuman and alien you know it's it's like uh, you know it's it's Ballardian right and um I just want a game that lets me explore that sadness and finding joy in the small moments and figuring who to hire and getting to know them better and all that stuff. Give me pillars of eternity, but in a restaurant that I run. Yeah. Like that depth of content, but I'm just alone and worrying about what if people vandalise the bins again. Uh, I guess, I mean, for me, the two things I'd like to see, um, I think uh, I'd love to see more actual satire. Um, yep. Over the past like decade, video games have... Um, 
failed quite dramatically on that front um, to provide anything resembling good satire. The problem is it seems to be often caught in a loop of just satirising itself. Yes. And having games that are like, oh, video games. And it's like, you know what, there are... There is a wealth, a world wealth of awful things going in the world that are worth satirising right now. And I think there's a lack of satire in the world in general. I think there's really a lack of... Really stuff, you There's know? kind of a lack of people who make video games pulling in elements from outside yeah, of video games. I think games. That's, that's a lot of it, is that it's a lot of people who design and make video games now are people who grew up playing video games, especially with big games anyway. Like, And just you create video games which are like video games. And you kind of go... Oh, yeah, where's the other... So there's, I think there's missing that. And I always think about... I always talk about that. I always think about... Um, uh, a lot of the bullfrog stuff, actually, and like uh, a lot of the early things, like the fact that theme park was just so wonderfully like uh, making some just it had lovely tinges of weird capitalism in there and stuff. Yeah, and just being like, hey, well, you know, make the chips too salty, so then people need to buy a drink, and then everyone's sick, but it doesn't matter because you can just. And weirdly, that's the thing everyone remembers, but it is weirdly absent from uh, from management sims these days. Absolutely, yeah. it was the fact that you do these sort of like vaguely horrible things and get away with them, and I, I like that. That was what that was about. And, and and you know, Theme Hospital was again just being like it had this weird like nasty view on healthcare and this idea that like you were just meeting targets and when people died, you only cared because you were losing money from your funding because some oh I didn't get my award for nobody dying this year, yeah. like. Uh, you know, there was a lot of that stuff. Just like it wasn't always that they often had like messages. I find often now, like you'll have like a Call of Duty campaign, which at the end will go, "Oh yeah, but maybe drones are dangerous or something." And it's like just more like general feel, just more like kind of like I don't know, like a, just just some good satire. And I think at the moment the world could do with it. It is um, getting thinner and thinner, especially when you look back at what Call of Duty started as of yeah. this very sort of like. Over the top, but still occasionally poignant World War Two thing. Or even before, just... I love that you did all this stuff, and then it was just like all oh, just the idea that it's like, oh, yeah. it was just a, a byline, like there was a weird accident, and something. This idea it was all just, oh yeah, I forgot about that. None of it happened really. Yeah, it was all yeah, just yeah. like it was all, and then the Americans came in gung ho and they fucked it up. There was a lot of detail in the story there that wasn't explicitly done. It didn't need a cutscene saying those goddamn Yanks coming in and ruining everything. It just. It was a bit more... I don't know. But anyway, I just think now I'm just so fed up of games being like satire of games. Yeah, I think... Like, just fuck off with it already. Like, I mean, I still think there's amazing work to be done there. I think Beginner's Guide was one of my favourite things I touched last year. But um, yeah, I'd like to see... That's more of an exploration, though, than a satire, I thought. Really. Oh, well, sure. But I mean, he has not talked about satire. He's just... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And I think, actually, in terms of... Um, uh, the interesting thing at the end that I keep thinking about with this is he's talking about possibly breaking taboos. I think you've got to look... Again, this... this Man, if a video like, game covers any actual real-world topic, it's already breaking a taboo exactly and that's the thing is at the moment you think what is a taboo and it's like a socially held standard and unfortunately video games at the moment like you know we have all these things like you know massive violence and sex which should be we think would be a taboo but they're just the norm and actually it turns out that the, the games that end up being like taboo are games that aren't about that and well, the, the backlash to these things at the moment like I think what's cool about the moment is it's not about games that cover sensitive subjects and break taboos it's just games that like do things that are a bit different at the moment there's so much backlash to that that that's severe enough. Uh, so basically, what grounds or subjects do you want games to explore? Uh, any of them. Any is, of them. <laughs> just different ones. Just just new stuff. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like we've got so much ground to cover. Like it's it's quite telling, isn't it? You talk about stuff like Papers Please, and you go, "Oh, yeah, that's cool." And then you think you try and think of other similar things, and it's like there aren't that many. Yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of weak. A real shame. Anyway. Um, Matt Davies asks... This is a lighter one. A lighter one. I don't know if it's meant that way, but I've always figured that the two ghosts high-fiving in the Cool Ghost logo were Matt and Quinn's. So which is which? I reckon Quinn's is the one on the left. Uh, I think because of the little quiff. Uh, so Yep. And Quinn's is the one on the left, Matt's the one on the right. The one on the right is that just because the one on the right has thicker hair? Yeah, well, it's your bouffant, <laughs> right? It's your big... It's your wonderful upwards hair. I don't know. They're not us, ladies and gentlemen. No, Breaking news... They're not us. I think one of the early sketches that uh, was done by Marsh Davis, who's now taking a break from illustration to do some uh, game design stuff, which looks cool. Um, yeah, I think he did actually try and make them look a bit like us. And I was like, nah, I don't want them to be us. Like, uh, <laughs> he didn't really, I th- unless I've invented this in my head, they were like kind of creepier versions of us. Uh, so that's disappointing to you. Uh, what's, what's your name? Uh, Matt Davies um, but Matt the good news is because they are not me and Matt it means there is an entire canon waiting to be written as to who those ghosts are <laughs> personalities uh, I like to think the one on the right he's the party dude and he likes to skateboard uh, the one on the left 
Uh, he just gets wasted all the time. Yeah. Welcome I, to Cool Ghosts, everybody. Just idiots. I like them. I they like are, them so much. They are twats. Uh. We, we got some <laughs> business cards made for, or we're getting some business cards made for GDC, and I'm just so excited to have those little guys on a business card. Yeah, yeah. We've got to look at merch one at some them, point as yeah. well, because I want one of those guys on a Yeah, merch. it's funny. Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, I, I really would just love a pink T-shirt with the Cool Ghost logo on it. And I'm just like, yeah, I want one as well. Uh, so we will do it at some point. I mean, I purposely, because I've had so much trouble in the past trying to make things like that work, I've purposely made it, like, a really high-res image to begin with. So it's like, <laughs> just in case, like, I can put this on a building if I need to, just because there's nothing worse than going back and going, it's too small. We need to draw it again. Which just happened to me too. And it's just boring. Where's the boring buzzer? Thank you. I was going to press it earlier, but it's hard. It's really like... Um, it's pretty personal with two people, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm buzzing two other people who are having a conversation, that's fine. But it's just two of us. It's just like... like oh, wow. Okay. Uh, should I leave? <laughs> yeah. No, neither of us have used it. It's like a, it's like a sort of nuclear weapon. Here's a good question. Designed but never used. Here's a good question. Pav asks, Hey guys, my friend plays point-and-click games and recently finished her story, which she loved. Could you recommend any similar games, especially where the puzzles are more to do with solving a mystery rather than Resident Evil or Portal-type logic puzzles? Man, I tell you what, I'm going to reach outside of video games because anyone can play this one. Uh, you should seriously th- uh, get yeah. your fr- think about getting your friend a game, a board game, kind of, called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. It is multi-award winning. It it sells out just about every time they print it. Uh, but it's available right now. And it's not really a board game. Uh, it is a series of cases that involves a big map of London, a period newspaper, and you are running around London getting scraps of information like you would in a point-and-click game, solving an actual crime. And it is unbelievable. It requires you to pull in just a tiny bit of real-world common sense and then notice small details. And then ultimately, if you do solve one of these sort of nuanced, wonderful, complicated puzzles, it is A, unbelievably satisfying, but B, it is way better even than watching like a whodunit on TV because these things are designed to be cracked. It is unbelievably good. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Sherlock Holmes, consultant detective. Uh, get her a copy. Other than that, I just don't know. I, I can't remember. Mystery-based games. Mystery-based... I'll yeah, just go with that. Just go with that. It's fine. Or just read Margaret Atwood books. They're basically just like puzzle things in reverse where you just spend the whole time going, what's going on with this? I it's mean, a bummer that... You work it out about two-thirds of the way through it's and a go, bummer. oh my God! I mean, we've got The Witness, which is the best puzzle game like for in a long time, but it is the complete opposite. There is a big mystery in The Witness, though. Um, which is what the fuck are these tapes about <laughs> we need to publicly apologise as well cause, yeah 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 we do actually yeah. uh, we uh, Jonathan Blow jokingly tweeted that he was peeing in a bottle to finish The Witness uh and which becomes clear because of reasons when you finish the game. Um, but we took him to task for having to well, be I mean, because we be thought fair, he was though, serious. To be fair, um, I, I wasn't... I, I think I've, I've seen this a lot, and yeah, people are right. Like, we were not right about that, and that's clear. But at the same time, like, I don't... I, maybe I misremembered it, but I don't think it was really an attack on him. It was more like I wanted to make the point of attacking that culture, like because I think that there are still lots of people who do that sort of thing and, and think that, that is okay. Like, sure. Well, so in that case, yeah, he didn't do it. And I'm glad you didn't do it, John. I'm really glad. We're all glad. Uh, but just generally, I think it was that was more just sparks me off because I've seen lots of kind of like, almost like, what's the term for it? That must be like, it's almost like... Crunch? Uh, yeah, like it's people like kind of posting crunch porn in a way of being like, oh yeah, working so hard. And like, it's almost like... Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, just that that idea of of people glamorizing crunch. Yeah, and like, it's not something you get in other industries, is it? No, it isn't. And so, ooh, even though it wasn't like in this case, it was fake and it was a joke, and he was in on it. I think it was more just a point of being like, I see that sometimes, and I'm just like, ah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be glamorizing that. Like, no one should piss in a bottle unless it's a joke. Uh, I want to throw in <laughs> as far as. Uh, Solving Mysteries goes maybe Kentucky Route Zero. I'm trying to think about stuff that I've played, which is really uh, sort of nice and puzzly. And uh, Kentucky Route Zero, a bit more magical realist than uh, than her story. Yeah, it's funny. Unless like- you found the secret plot path in her story where uh, where she escapes the uh, interrogation room and just sort of uh, goes in a yellow submarine. And leaves. <laughs> but not many people found that. So No, it's really weird, that one, isn't it? I didn't like it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, there was some good stuff. I, I think it's weird. Like, there aren't enough games. I wish there were more games where, like, it was a, a mystery in the regards that you're just playing it and you do not even know what you are playing for quite a while. I mean, that was Disgaea for me for a long time. I think, I mean, actually, in, in a way, I think um, the Beginner's Guide is great for this, but you have to have an understanding of, and an interest in games 
Um, Man, do you that. though? Mm, well, I don't know. Maybe not. I think maybe it, not. it might even be pretty cool and accessible for people. Yeah, maybe not. I think it's worth a go because that's that's one of those things that's like a mystery in that regard. Because I think oh, it's, it's a mystery in as much as you, there's no puzzles in the beginner's guide, but no. but, it, but is, it is very mysterious as to what's happening, and you can have a great time sort of being introspective and thinking about it. Because I can think of so many books where I spend like the first half of the book just literally like, I mean, I think my favorite, one of my favorite books ever is The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. And it's fantastic. It's a very large book, but I spent the first two thirds of that book. People kept saying, oh, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, The Blind Assassin. They're like, is it good? I'm like, oh, it's absolutely amazing. And like, what's it about? And I'm just like, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. Like, you just do not know what the book is about or where it's going or who most of the characters are. And then there's a point where you suddenly just get it and it clicks and it's amazing. But there's very few you know, the, the games that kind of do that sort of thing of just having you going through an experience where you don't really know what you're doing uh, or what this even is. And that's exciting, uh, I guess, because, you know, it's difficult to to sell to people. Hey, do you want to play this game? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like I'm getting somewhere. Man, if someone said that to me, I'd be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is also some of what our Witness does. But, yeah. I mean, witnesses might I'd like to see more of that stuff. I guess it's difficult when you have to share everything. Should we wrap up? Let's wrap up. It's been an exciting journey with uh, <laughs> with with thrills. Yeah, thrills. next week we will return. Uh, we'll return with less uh, less pasta pumping through our veins. More guests, less pasta, less uh, more ghosts. Max Ganesh, less less ghosts. Max Ganesh. I hope I haven't been miserable this week. I don't think I have. I think I'm just tired. Uh, no, tired of life. You haven't been miserable. You're positive. Okay, good. Uh, I can never don't tell. be tired of life, Jesus. It's fine. It's fine. The people pay us enough to not be tired of I life. I think I'm just tired of not being in a bath today. Oh man, let's go have a bath. Let's not not, I not mean, together. separately. Separately, but let's do that. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, and remember, go to coolghost.net where you will find no pictures of us having a bath. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.